For a short time, Edgar Allan Poe is haunting the halls of a fabled Atlanta home. The Edgar Allan Poe experience at the Wren's Nest is an immersive theatrical production evoking the final days of Poe's life, when he's said to have wandered the streets in a haggard state, crying out the name of a man no one could identify. I went to see the Choose Your Own Adventure style production last weekend and stepped into scenarios inspired by The Raven, The Fall of the House of Usher, The Telltale Heart and the Mask of the Red Death. A crowd assembled on the porch at the Arts and Crafts era home turned House of Bedlam for the night. Actor Robert Lee Heinzman as the doctor called us to order, and he wasn't playing. Welcome to the newest patients of the Rin's Nest Asylum. You're late! Actor Michael Fortino is again playing Edgar Allan Poe in this production, and he's with me in the studio today. Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, so the show is Brian Cloudus is the guy who he's kind of came up with this whole thing, an right. Atlanta-based producer and director who creates immersive theater experiences. So they go beyond a scripted story. But if somebody doesn't know immersive theater, how would you describe it? Well, uh, I would say it's completely eliminating the fourth wall. Uh, you are going through the experience with us rather than sitting in a house. So you walk around with me throughout the story, and uh, you kind of lose your mind in it. It's really a lot of fun. You just kind of lose yourself in the stories, and then you start to question what's real, what's not real, and it's just a lot of fun. I think our guests would really enjoy it. Well, I certainly did, and people who were there certainly did. But so uh, he also, Brian said that he first was inspired to do this by the physical space at the Wren's Nest. So this is one, I think it's the oldest historical house museum in the country. But can you tell us a little bit about that place? Right. Uh, So it was... uh it was originally owned by Joel Chandler Harris, and now it's been turned, as you said, to historical home museum. And um, let me tell you, it is really, really uh, helpful in the immersive experience just because uh, as soon as you walk in the house, I remember walking in the house for the first time uh, to watch, to study the show, and right off the bat with the, you know, the, the fog, the, the darkness uh, outside and the trees and everything, it's just really, really creepy. And then uh, once you're guided inside, I mean, it's just the creaky floors and the, the doors that just, just so loud when they slam. It's just, it really does add that uh, little bit of detail to help bring us all together. Yes, sure. and, and a little sense of horror, you know, Absolutely. it looks like a perfect haunted house. Absolutely, and uh, a lot of us do not like to uh, stay there alone. <laughs> so really? Is we, that we, so? Do the, we do the buddy system. Uh, we've all had a, a couple of experiences where we're like, nope, I gotta go. Uh, no I was, uh, so in the house, uh, Joel Chandler Harris actually passed away in the house. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And by the way, I should note for people, he is the one who wrote the Uncle Remus tale. So Correct. he grew up on a plantation and apparently spent a lot of time listening to the African-American folk tales. Absolutely. Um, he died in the home. He died in the home, in the room where you can follow, well, you can't follow Poe into this room, but where his room is between sessions. Uh, that's the actual room. So that's where I get to go by myself between shows. And uh, there was one night after the show, I was picking up my costume and just kind of blowing the candles out. And uh, I heard a thump, thump on the door in front of me. And I just grabbed my stuff and I said, nope. And I ran out of there and I ran upstairs with my castmates. And I was just like, uh, no, thank you. Okay. No, no. So you just got to make sure we have good vibes going in, you know, light the candles, <laughs> say, you know, play some music, you know, it'll be fine. 
Okay, so in this show, everybody gathers inside of this hallway, and there are doors leading into different rooms, and everybody can choose them. You play Poe in the show, and he is kind of wandering in and out, and in an increasingly, I would say, distressed state. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we, uh, so we go story to story, room to room. Um, we repeat it actually two or three times, depending on the size of the audience, mm-hmm. um, but. I love repeating it because, yeah, it does kind of play into that insanity. It's like, wait, haven't I been here before? I've, wait, I know this place. And then the more it goes, the more it goes, the crazier and crazier Poe gets. And then he has that trouble defining the line between his own stories and reality. And I just I love that concept. So I imagine for you as an actor, it's, you know, we have this picture, especially framed in this kind of, you know, goth era idea of of what insanity looks like, and it's very histrionic. Mm-hmm. But you're you're not screaming, you know. That, so how do you how to communicate that descent of the mind? You know, little things, subtle things, um, gestures, hand gestures. You know, I did a little bit of. Uh, I wanted to understand, you know, towards the end of his life, what was going on, like what mental illness he was suffering from specifically, you know, and it was more bipolar disorder and he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. He was very, very, um, he was drinking a lot towards the end of his life. And, uh, and so I wanted to pick up on things, you know, uh, subtle gestures, hand gestures, you know, is he hot? He hasn't drank. He's in this asylum now. Now he's been drinking. So now how are the physical effects going? And then, you know, hair. I, I really wanted to um, stay authentic. Emmy, who is the uh, costume and makeup designer for the show, we talked about what we wanted this version of Poe to look like. Because I was like, you know, let's shave everything off, go classic mustache, uh, classic hairstyle. And we just thought that wasn't really appropriate because, you know, again, these are the last days of his life. And he is losing it. He's been in a insane asylum for a little bit. Days before his death, they found him uh, on a bench. And then uh, days later, he, he passed away. So we left him very scruffy, mustache kind of not so perfect, and then just the hair wherever it fell that night. <laughs> Michael Fortino is with us. He's an actor, and he's playing Poe in the Edgar Allan Poe Experience, which is an immersive theater production that the Wren's Nest in Atlanta through November the 3rd. Here is a little bit more sound from the various different Poe stories being acted out at the Wren's Nest. <laughs> It is interesting because these are not literal interpretations of the books. You know, you're not watching a scene play out of of something that happened in one of the Poe stories. But it's kind of an embodiment or letting people into those stories. And I will add that Imani Joseph plays the Raven. Yes. Megan Poole plays Madeline Usher. So this is the fall of the House of Usher. And I already mentioned uh, Robert Heinzman, who plays the Doctor, the Telltale Heart. We also spoke to Austin Davis, who plays the Mask of the Red Death. Let's just hear a little bit about how he draws people in. 
I used to work at uh, theme parks and do sort of a similar thing where you're improving with people as a character, but it's all very positive and very, you know, make sure you have a good time. But this is sort of a little bit the opposite where it's like, oh, you know, maybe it is good to feel uncomfortable or good to be called out. So it's a, it's a lot of freedom, a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of freedom, honestly. So when someone's sort of acting up, cutting a joke, trying to make, make light of the situation, you can hone in on them and say, well, what, what's funny? And then all of a sudden, you know, so you wouldn't get that at a normal theater experience. So it's wonderful. Yeah, so you're kind of putting people on the spot. Absolutely. That's the best way to put it. I mean, we're just really... Um, what's cool is there is a script. There is a script. Mm -hmm. And uh, in long-form improv, uh, most cases they have like a beginning and end how we get there is our choice yeah. and yeah as austin said it, we are we're able to really interact with the audience better that way so because we feel like we kind of have control of the show and like we have backup plans of like hey we got too many people in this room so mm -hmm. we need to do uh imani plays the raven uh we we need to change this move up we need to instead of you jumping on my shoulders maybe this time you just jump straight up and i'll catch you because we got you know 40 people in this room so we've got to be very careful and safe so how about the energy of the audience? How do they feed off of the, How do they roll with it? <laughs> so at first, I thought their laughter was that they were making fun of us. She's <laughs> laughing! And then I realized, oh, no, no, no. This is nervous laughter. Yeah, it's kind of a level of discomfort. Absolutely, it? absolutely. And at first, I was a little offended. I was like, "Hey, you know, we're acting here. Excuse me." Uh, but then I was like, "Oh no, they're they're very uncomfortable." And I'm like, "Then we're doing this right. This is right." So, is that the goal to make people feel a kind of off kilter? And how do you bring them back to you then? Yeah. So, my personal goal is just to confuse them. Uh, I want them asking questions. If if they're after the show, if they say they enjoyed it, that's I mean, obviously that's wonderful. But also if they have their own interpretation of it is which what's interesting. We have disagreements in the cast and crew about um, what the story is about. My interpretation of it is that these are literally like literally the days before, and as soon as he walks out of that asylum, they find him on the bench. And Aww, but yeah, they had Edgar. found. <laughs> I get a lot of that during the show too. Oh, poor Edgar! It's sad. <laughs> it is, it is really tremendously sad. sad. I mean, to see this man who's, I mean, you know, you're acting as this man who was such a great brain, so diminished, um, and and so haunted. Right. You know that kind of look of being haunted. So this theatrical, you you grew up in Augusta, correct? Right, Augusta, Georgia. Did you go to school for acting? I did. Yeah. I did. I, I studied. Uh, I studied acting at Augusta University. Yeah, it was a great time there. But how different is it performing in these kind of immersive theatrical productions from the other work you did? So I've had that same question when asked about difference between stage and film, and I would say stage gives you that instant gratification, but actually immersive experiences really give you instant like feedback because they're right there yeah it's like an audience you have the space you have the fourth wall you have uh some distance but with these we've had some weird situations with guests will come up and like hold my hand and like tell me it's okay or they want to recite their favorite uh poe poem to me you know uh, annabelle lee is a is a favorite f amongst our guests they'll come up and they'll be like i want to recite this poem for you and i'm like uh, that's okay i appreciate it do people attending this event have to read or understand edgar Allan poe's work in order to uh, get it i don't think so i don't think so i think you could still get a really good story out of it uh if you don't read poe then i think what you'll get out of it is just a, a descent into madness 
uh, and, and I think you enjoy it anyway. So we all have this capacity to, you know, feel unglued in our lives. What is it like to give kind of full reign to that as as an actor and let yourself p- completely become deranged? It's it's pretty great. It's really freeing, and, and you know, and you feel safe. You're in a safe place to just be free and just to let go. And uh, I like to play music right before I go on, and uh, and just to, like I said before, I, I the cast goes down and they you know welcome the guests, and I'm the only one that stays by myself. And when they go downstairs, I turn the lights off and I play some music to help me just like really get into it. And I don't know if you've seen the Joker recently. I, I have not seen it because I'm too scared. Oh, uh, so that I saw. <laughs> I, I've seen it twice so far. So in the in the scene, this is uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, mm-hmm. but um, um, something traumatic had, has just happened. Something very significant to the character, and Joaquin Phoenix runs into the bathroom. Of a, of a subway station he locks it and he's just realized what he's done and who he's become and this cello piece starts playing and then he just starts dancing he just starts becoming the character so he just starts slowly dancing it's like music and dancing is a huge part of the story uh but i watched an interview with todd phillips and he said that the director the director of the film yes that he and joaquin phoenix who plays joker were in the bathroom together alone and they said the composer had just written this piece and they just started playing it and he just started dancing he just started to embody the character just like that and uh it turned out to be one of the most beautiful scenes in the whole movie. But yeah, that, that that piece of music really just gives me goosebumps just listening to it. So I was like, yeah, I want to make this a part of my, uh, my ritual when I get going. How do you come back from it? My cast. Mm. Honestly, it's, uh, you know, they're some of the nicest, hardworking people. Uh, I've ever worked with and you know you you finish the show I walk out to the back porch and I stand alone I'm just like and then when they come out there and they're just so nice uh, just the most supportive and nicest people just like oh yeah yeah wait this is acting right (laughs) well Michael Fortino welcome back (laughs) from from your descent thank you Michael Fortino plays Poe in the Edgar Allan Poe Experience. You can catch the show at the Wren's Nest at 8 and 10 p.m. from now until November the 3rd. Information at gpbnews.org. On Second Thought is produced by Amelia Brock, LaRaven Taylor, Priya Mahadevan, and Jake Troyer. Jesse Nicewanger is our engineer. Our interns are Jessica Lowell and Alexis Thomason. Don Smith is our dean of grammar. Amy Kiley is senior producer, who is celebrating her birthday today. So happy birthday to you, Amy. Our executive producer is Mary Lynn Ryan. We're going to leave you with Gnarls Barkley's The Boogie Monster. And would love to know what's on your Halloween playlist. We're on Twitter at OST Talk or at our Facebook group, GPB's On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott, wishing you a happy, safe, and spooky as heck Halloween. 